Hello, my friends, and welcome to Daily Bible Reading, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for February 8th is Exodus chapters 28 and 29. God is calling the people to be very specific in how they carry out ministering to him and ministering to the people being the intermediaries, the priests, between God and the people. Now, you'll notice that every paragraph for the last five chapters has begun with quotation marks because God has been speaking to Moses, giving him instructions, and he still is speaking. It's a lot of words. Moses is still enveloped in the cloud, and we're told before that he's going to be there for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, the first thing that he that's created is the artisans, but I want to jump back to verse 3 of chapter 28 for just a moment, because it says, You are to instruct all the skilled artisans whom I have filled with a spirit of wisdom to make Aaron's garments. Interestingly, in my translation, saying skilled artisans, the literal translation there, or the original text, could be translated those who are wise of heart. God says, instruct those who are wise of heart whom I have filled with a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom comes from God, but so does everything else that's good. And God has set apart a specific group of people who he has especially equipped to interpret and apply what God is telling Moses on how to do these things perfectly. Just like God equipped the Israelites with all of the fine linens and articles of silver and gold, before he asked them for an offering, he gave them what they needed. This is the God we serve. He gives us what we need and then requests it back of it, from us. Now, we just don't have time to go into the meaning between the meanings behind the ephod and the breastplate and all of these different things that are outlined for us here in chapter 28. But just very quickly, the ephod, I believe, refers to a mantle. I mean, it was a, it was a vest physically, but spiritually, I believe it represents a mantle. It was like a, a calling being set apart to do holy work. And then the breastplate read the description and, and just pray and ask God, what, what does, why all of these gemstones, why the 12 tribes of Israel, why, why does it need to be made of gold? Why is it attached to the ephod? But think about a breastplate or a, a breast piece that covers the heart. And I believe it symbolically represents having clarity to hear God without getting our own desires mixed in. I mean, have you ever prayed for something that you wanted so bad and you just, it, it's because you want it so bad, it's very difficult to hear God's voice sometimes. But when you see somebody else in a situation that you're not personally, emotionally involved with, it's pretty easy with clarity. And I think that they needed to mask the desires of their own heart. And it talks about the Urim and the Thummim. Um, probably not pronouncing those correctly, and that's all right. 
But these, these materials, whether they were gemstones or some other physical thing, I wrote that when you look at the original language and you break down the etymology of the words, the Urim can be translated as a light or a lot of times a flame. But when you see that I am on the end of a word, it means it's plural, like Elohim is gods and all literal in a literal sense so the urim are flames now the thumim are completeness or integrity so in the breastplate the breastplate contained the flames of completeness and integrity and it covered their hearts I just think that's beautiful the robe Think about the people who were dressed in white robes in Revelation. It refers to their um, being made pure by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, by his sacrifice. The turban, obviously, it covers the head, and there was a medallion that covered the forehead. So it's not like, it's not the way I think, God. I'm going to block off the way I think, and I want your thoughts, God. Chapter 29 gives the instructions on consecration and talks about the sprinkling of blood and how the sacrifice and where the sacrifices are to be made and all of those related things. And if we just look at the blood and we think about just the blood in the physical sense, it's kind of gross. I mean, why'd they put blood on their earlobes and on their toes and on their thumbs? What do those things represent? The thing that I take away from all of this, just to boil it down and for the sake of time, is that following God and serving God are not lighthearted decisions. A lot of people in today's culture have just said, guys, close your eyes, bow your heads, raise your hand if you wanna follow Jesus. Nobody else is watching. Ask Jesus into your heart and you get to go to heaven someday. And unfortunately, as good as that sounds, it's not in the Bible. God doesn't take these lighthearted decisions where nobody's watching and nobody's going to hold you accountable. He wants, he wants us to be holy and set apart. He wants us to think about the cost associated with following him. It's not something we can just take lightly. It's serious. Lives are at stake. This is incredibly serious. And he wants people who are incredibly serious with him. I'll end with chapter 29, verse 45. God says, I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am Yahweh, their God. I am Yahweh their God. Exodus 28 and 29. Is he your God? Bless you guys. See you tomorrow.